Hello and welcome to Living and Growing in the Fullness of Christ with Bill Bowers. I'm your host, Jim Bach, and today Bill will be continuing in our series of Living and Growing in the Fullness of Jesus Christ. Bill, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jim. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Bill, what do you have for us this time? Well, I thought today we'd just kind of follow up with where we left off last time. Okay. Um, but in the beginning, you know, we talked about this idea of living in the fullness of Christ mm-hmm. and looking at these three kind of major areas. One is our personal relationship with God. Second is our personal transformation. And the third is the disciple lifestyle, being able to live it out. So last time we were together, we talked about the personal relationship and just how important that is to have this intimate, dependent relationship with the Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, and Holy Spirit. Um, and this is really the basis, the foundation, the source of everything else. So we so we don't want to skip past that. That's a big part of it. Um, but today, we want to talk a little bit about the personal transformation okay. and what does that look like and how do we really embrace and grow and experience this transformation in our lives. Okay, that sounds great. Lead us into it. Well, one of the scriptures that really um, speaks to me in this regard is uh, in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 4, where he says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. And it's just a beautiful picture of how everything we need is given to us, but it comes through the knowing of him and through the receiving of his great and precious promises for us. And these are the things that really bring that transformation. He says at the end there that we can participate in this divine nature, this new nature. And when we talk about transformation, the definition of transformation is the change in the nature of something. So our nature changes. And so when we talk about personal transformation and the new nature, remember we have to do it in the context of the personal relationship. We recognize that so much of this starts from the relationships, from knowing who we are and that we are dearly loved by the Father under the Lordship of Jesus Christ and filled with the Holy Spirit. It's really only in our conscious awareness and knowing and living in these relationships that we can begin to believe for and experience the formation of Christ in us and the transformation of our own lives, our character, that new nature, the divine nature that we get to participate in. And it can be a a big transition, can't it? Oh, yeah, and it's designed to be. When you read through Scripture, you recognize there is this, it is a new creation. Scripture says we are a new creation in Christ Jesus, and there's a new nature that forms. And so part of it is we have to really believe for that. Uh, Another one of the Scriptures that, again, is driving a lot of this conversation of living and growing in the fullness of Christ is Ephesians 4. And it's just so encouraging to see the picture of the body that's painted there. And in those Scriptures, especially chapter 4, it really describes this formation and transformation that we ought to be different. Um, if I can just read a few lines from Ephesians 4, there he says, So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him. In accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught, with regard to your former way of life, to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitudes of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God, in true righteousness and holiness. 
So you get this picture of there's a transformation that happens. It says the old way was like this, and we put off the old, and we put on the new. And that is the miracle of transformation, that we have a new identity, a new nature, and our lives are lived differently. And we are forgiven. Yeah. I mean, it's this beautiful picture. We're forgiven, we're free, and then in the midst of that relationship with Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we're handed this new identity. So we have to recognize that if we are his and we are living in relationship with Father, Son, Holy Spirit and being transformed into the likeness of Christ and living in a manner worthy of our calling, then we're going to be different. We're going to look different than the rest of the world. And that's good news because that's how the world will know that there is a God, Mm -hmm. that Jesus Christ is his son and that we belong to him. There'll be a difference. And, you know, you really can't read through the words of Jesus or the acts of his disciples and all the teaching of the New Testament and come to the conclusion that our lives will be pretty much like everyone else's. And I think that's a real problem nowadays. We've accepted our lives as being like everyone else's. And so there's not the witness and the evidence of the transformation. You know, we really ought not to be just as selfish, angry, bitter, fearful, anxious, greedy, worried, lonely, judgmental, or self-centered as the rest of the world. Um, Jesus died so that we would be transformed. And I think that's what we need to go for. Um, Not just, you know, Jesus didn't die just so we could get our ticket to heaven and then just keep trying to uh, keep ourselves safe and comfortable until we die. Right. Because the life we have now for many Christians, well, it's good, but uh, maybe there's more. Right. I think God desires much more for us, and especially in this area of personal transformation. So the question is, how do we really embrace and cooperate and grow in this new identity and this new nature that he talks about? So I want to just kind of take a look at what our new identity is in light of what God has done and in light of this relationship with Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And there's plenty of identity scripture. So I'm just going to go through a few here just to remind us that this is uh, the word of God. These are the great and precious promises that we need to receive. First John 3, 1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are, exclamation point. (laughs) He has called us children of God, and that is what we are. And then Galatians 3, 26, 27 says, Again, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself in Christ. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. And then John 15, 15 in that beautiful um, picture of the, the branch and the vine. He says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my Father, I have made known to you. And they go on and on, these identity scriptures that talk about we have this new identity. We are children of God. We're a temple of the Holy Spirit. We are clothed in Christ Jesus. We are friends of Christ. We are his workmanship. We are fellow citizens with him. We are members of God's household. And these are all identity things that have been given to us. This is who God says we are. If we have by faith accepted the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, who came and gave his life that we might be reconciled to God, and have confessed him as Savior and Lord, and have chosen to accept this adoption by the grace and mercy of God into his kingdom. 
And it's a big choice sometimes. Oh, it's a huge choice. I mean, it's it's kind of life or death, right? Yes, <laughs> and and it's not just life or death on the other side of physical death. It's really life or death now. Do we mm-hmm. want to have a real life with God now or live in the death, if you will, of this world? Yeah, so, and you don't have to wait until you die. Right. The good, yeah, the gospel, the good news is we get to have life with God on this side of heaven. Death mm-hmm. is, we've said before, death is not a requirement for experiencing the reality of relationship with God. So, again, if we've accepted this, we've been adopted into his kingdom, then we are children of Almighty God. Um, We are friends and disciples of Jesus Christ. We are temples of the Holy Spirit. We're not our own. This is a new identity that is given to us, and we have to accept this identity, believe it, and receive it. And it's so important that it's by faith that we do this. We choose to believe that this is true. We choose to believe that this is who we are because of the love of God and by the grace of God. And for the glory of God, we are his. And that's something we just have to say yes to. There's nothing we do to earn that other than receive it, believe it, and accept it. And sometimes it can be a very big obligation or commitment. Yeah, it is a commitment because the next thing after we accept that identity, I think, then it's do we really want to experience uh, that new nature? So, you know, it talks about it says once you're an alien to God, now you're a child of God. And that's something that can really happen in a moment. You know, the, the act of mm-hmm. accepting Christ as Savior, recognizing what God has done by his love and his grace and his mercy. And we accept that and we can be adopted into his family immediately. Like that can happen in a moment. That can happen in a 15, 20 minute conversation and prayer. We can accept the miracle of salvation. But in that moment, does our whole nature change in that moment? And probably not. I know mine didn't. I know some things he changed immediately in my life when I accepted Christ as my Savior. But some things have taken a long time to change, and some things God is still working on in my life. So it's this idea we can have the new identity, and our adoption can happen in a moment, but the new nature may take some time. And before we're like fully functioning as a member of the body of Christ and living in our identity, that may take some time. And I'm afraid what happens is many times believers have accepted their new identity that God has provided in Christ, but they've not sought the new nature that God desires for us and will form in us if we want it. Yeah, so we can accept the new identity, but it takes time before we really uh, have that new nature in us. So we may say we are Christians, we're Christ followers, we're children of God, etc. And again, we are, by his word, that promise is given to us. Yet we do not have the nature of Christ in us. And it's really a bit confusing to the world <laughs> because we say we're one thing, but our nature still looks like the old thing. And so they very easily write us off as hypocrites, right? Yeah, and a lot of times you're a project in process. Right, but we need to, we need to recognize that and have a language for that. And I guess a lot of what we're talking about with this living and growing in the fullness of Christ is that we are continually pursuing these things, that we don't settle for just the new identity, but we pursue the new nature, kind of the, the manifestation of that identity. So and so there's a lot of formation and transformation to be done in our lives. And scripture many times refers to it as the putting off of the old and the putting on of the new. In Second Corinthians five, seventeen and eighteen says, Therefore if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, right? He is a new creation, has a new identity. The old has gone and the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ. Then in 4.22 it says, So you were taught with regard to your former way of life 
to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your mind, and so to put on the new self created to be like God in righteousness and holiness. So again, we see this putting off of the old, putting on of the new. In Colossians 3, 12, he says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and peace. And so throughout the epistles, you see this uh, Paul talking about this putting off of the old and putting on of the new, a.k.a. new identity and also transformation, that there's a new nature. And Galatians 5 is one of the great examples where he talks about the old nature, the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, on and on and on and on. And then in verse 22, he says, but the fruit of the Spirit... The evidence of the Spirit in us is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so this is the new nature. The old nature we know. The new nature (laughs) is really that evidence of Christ in us. It's the nature of Christ in us. And that's what we desire for our lives. And that's what I believe God really wants the world to see is the nature of Christ in us. And to witness for him. Yeah, I mean, what better evidence than actual evidence? (laughs) Because as we've said before, the world really doesn't care what we say. They want to see if there's anything real about this God that we speak of. And what's real is the way we live our lives. So that your yes means yes and your no means no. Instead of, well, maybe. (laughs) Or when I get around to it. (laughs) That's right. That's right. That's right. So this is that forming of the nature of Christ in us, the Christ-likeness. Um, you know, in 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So we ought to be living these transformed life. There ought to be this evidence of peace and joy and freedom and wholeness in our lives. And the question is, is that possible? Do we believe it's possible, and do we really want that? And I think a lot of times we've just settled for less, and maybe we don't actually believe it's possible. You know, I didn't used to believe it was possible. When I think about freedom, I mean, just because I had, you know, a lot of bondage and stuff in life, and I thought about that freedom, and I would see people that acted like they were free, and I would think, they're just acting like they're free <laughs> because I didn't believe freedom was possible in my own life. And mm-hmm. and I think that's a challenge for us. I think, you know, one of the reasons we teach so much sin management and behavior modification is because we really don't believe that freedom is possible and that transformation is possible. Even though we know scripturally, Galatians 5, one says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. But if we don't believe that, then we just try to manage our sin because we don't believe we can be free from that so we just try to manage it and we don't believe our nature can be transformed so we just try to get the old nature to act a little better also known as behavior modification so it's i realize you're you're a selfish angry person jim but i want you to <laughs> act nice because you're the greeter today right <laughs> so, yes and i'm doing my best <laughs> yeah so <laughs> so sometimes we're doing that we're kind of we're hanging on to the old nature and but trying to act differently and that's really a conflict of interest when you're trying to get your outside to act different than what's really going on inside. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, do we believe transformation is possible? And scripturally, it's one of those things, like a lot of things in scripture, we just have to say, well, God says it is, so I'm going to choose to believe that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to choose to believe that I can have a new nature. So it's believing that transformation is possible. And another thing I would say is it's not just believing that it's possible, but that it's probable. Yes. 
right? That if we really yes. believe, if we trust, if we cooperate by the power of the Spirit of God in us, transformation is actually probable for a child of God, for a disciple of Jesus Christ, for a vessel and host of Holy Spirit. We have to start believing that it's probable, not mm-hmm. just possible, because we think lots of things are possible, but we really don't think they're actually going to happen. Yeah, and sometimes <laughs> you think, well, I, I can get Mount Rainier to move if I really believe that. Right. Not very probable. But... Right, right, right. Yeah, so so again, we go around saying we believe things, but we yes. really don't actually believe right. they're possible and probable in our own lives. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, one of the places we end up with this, you know, bringing this down to a personal level is to look at our own lives and say, what does personal transformation mean for me today? What is this new nature that God desires to have in me? What is the change? And one way to look at that is, to, again, transformation is a change from one nature to another. So very simply to look at our lives and like to be transformed from being self-centered to being other-centered, mm-hmm. to transformation from being greedy to being generous. So it's not transformation from being greedy to acting less greedy. Because <laughs> again, that could be behavior modification. Right. It's what they're telling me to do, right. whether I believe it or not. Right. I'm greedy, but I should yeah. be less greedy. Mm-hmm. But no, I'm greedy, but I believe God desires for me to be generous, to have a generous spirit about myself. And again, self-centered, but be more thoughtful of others. No, to be others-centered, to be mm-hmm. free from the bondage of self. I mean, self-preservation, self-protection is such a bondage, and I believe God wants us to be free from that. And if that nature's changed, then we're free to love and serve others, which we will actually talk about in our next segment together as far as the living it out. We realize the living out of what God called us to do is only going to happen out of this new nature. Mm -hmm. I can't get my old nature to live. We can't get the flesh to do spiritual things. It's only by the Spirit of God in us that we can do those things. So... So I guess I would encourage the listeners to just kind of even think about that on a piece of paper, you know, transformation from what? Write down some thoughts. Yeah, from from right now, I I seem to be bitter all the time, but I believe God wants me to be joyful, Mm -hmm. right? I seem to be angry, and I know God wants me to be kind, not just to control my anger, but to be kind. Or I seem to be on the you know on the edge of pride and arrogance mm-hmm. you know, and god and unforgiving too sometimes that's a, that's a lot of weight to carry around oh yeah. yeah yeah absolutely and again it's like do we carry that weight but just try to act better or do we actually let go of that yes it'd actually... be like you know dumping a load of bricks off your back <laughs> right right yeah. and and we've both carried loads of bricks uh, spiritually spiritually speaking <laughs> it feels great to let those things loads fall of off lead at times yeah too. yeah so so anyway you know from being anxious to being peaceful so just think about those things what does that look like for you and then you know again some of this is a miracle and so we have to pray and ask god to do the miracle and that's this moment where the transformation begins that you no longer have to live in this place of fear, hurt, brokenness, bitterness, self-centered, but you can begin to experience a new nature. And it only happens through the power of God. Again, mm-hmm. it's not it's not the flesh doing it, it's the power of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And in this moment, in this moment, we have this new identity, and now it's pressing into that new nature. And, you know, sometimes, Jim, I think that can happen in a moment. There's that there's that miracle of the moment, that mm-hmm. instant miracle. But sometimes it takes a long time, doesn't it? Yeah, many. well, many times I think it's what I like to call the progressive miracle. Mm-hmm. Right? The miracle has started. It's a progressive thing. This new nature coming in me, the transformation, that's a progressive thing. And I think, again, in general, I say I think many times we have just settled 
for so little of the transformation. We've accepted the identity, we have some transformation, we're a little bit better, or we've learned to behave better, and we settle for that. And because in our culture we grade on a curve, people around us will right. say, Jim, you're doing quite well. You're well. doing great compared <laughs> yeah. to the rest of the world. <laughs> right, yeah, and you're not nearly as bitter as you used to be. Yeah, exactly. You're not free, but so anyway. So, you know, for me, it's all about let's believe that what God says is possible, that his great and precious promises are really promises, mm-hmm. and they're promises for us this side of heaven. There are obviously promises for when we get to heaven, but I think a lot of the things that Jesus came and lived and demonstrated and died and rose again for are things that he desires for us to have now. And so we need to really lean into those things. So in the way of personal transformation, I guess in, in wrapping up, I think it's just that idea of beginning to believe that these are possible. And again, as a body of Christ, God has said that if we will work together, that we will grow together and we will come to this place of maturity and fullness of all that God has for us. And I think we just have to lean in that to be intentional about that, encourage each other in that, remind each other in that, that this is the promise for us is that we can live in intimate, dependent relationship, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We can be transformed, new identity, new nature, and we can live that out in such a way that the world will know that God is God, Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and we belong to Him, and we are following Him. And I think that's what God desires, is that the world would look at us and go, there must be a God. Yes, absolutely. So the next time we get together, if you have me back, that is. We well, of be, course we'll have you back. We, we will be talking about this disciple lifestyle. What does it mean to be living this out, this new lifestyle that comes out of the relationship, the formation, the transformation, the new identity, and now this living it out in such a way, again, that the world will know that we are children of the living God, disciples of Jesus Christ, and vessels of the Holy Spirit. So look forward to talking again next time. Absolutely. And uh, you'll hear more on living and growing in the fullness of Christ with Bill Bowers. Thank you for listening.